Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, um, may my feet be beautiful feet this morning as they bring good news. Come, Holy Spirit, come and meet us through the scripture and through my words. Come and meet us as our hearts open now to you. We pray that you would speak and that you would enable us to hear. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, in 2013, I had the pleasure of preaching at the ordination of this man right back here behind me, Jonathan Bennett. Uh, in fact, it was almost this time in 2013, in July, and I shared uh, a story that I want to share uh, on, on that day. I shared a story I want to share with you this morning. The way it goes is like this. In 1930, Britain's King George V was to give the opening address at a special naval armament conference, conference, a disarmament conference. And his speech was going to be relayed from Great Britain to the United States. Now, as the broadcast was about to begin, a cable broke in the control room in the radio station in New York. And more than a million people who were waiting to hear the king's message suddenly heard silence. There was no time for repairs. Everything was super live in those days. And so a junior mechanic by the name of Harold Vivian, thinking on his feet, grabbed one end of the cable and grabbed another end of the cable and held those two cable pieces together so that 250 volts of electricity went through his body for over 15 minutes so that the king's message could get through. Harold Vivian became a living link that allowed the king's message to be heard. Friends, God's primary way of reaching other people with the good news of Jesus Christ, with the message of salvation, is through people. He uses us to share the gospel with others. He uses those who will yield themselves, who will submit to their Lord, to be the living links that allow the king's message to get through to those who desire to hear it. Now, in our passage this morning in Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus commissioning 72 disciples, all unnamed, all unknown, regular people, just like you and me, to go ahead of him into the towns and the villages to which he was about to go. And I think what we'll see as we walk through this passage is that there are some very practical instructions he gives them that are also applicable to us so that we too can become a living link that allows the king's message to get through to others. So let's begin. The first thing Jesus tells them to do is to pray. In verse 2, Jesus says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I have a book on my bookshelf, and I love the title of it. It says, Don't Just Do Something. Pray there. It's a great book title because it's not advocating passivity. It's pointing to the reality that the kingdom operates through those who are willing to pray, who are willing to engage with the Lord before we jump out and do. And that's what Jesus is telling them. Pray. Prayer is where Jesus tells them to begin, and it's where he invites us to begin too. 
Well, what should we pray? Well, he tells us, pray to the Lord of the harvest and ask him to send out workers into his harvest field. Ask the God of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, to send out workers. Where? Into his harvest field. It's this picture that, that the fields are now ripe. They're ready to be picked and harvested. And all that is necessary, all that is waiting for that harvest to come in, it's that harvesters would be sent out, laborers into this harvest. No matter where you are today, no matter what your condition is, whether you're stuck at home, whether you're older, whether your body doesn't allow you to go out, you can pray. You have been given the greatest, most powerful weapon in the world, but it's a weapon of love. It's God's means of preparing and sending out and making his kingdom come to fulfillment. Pray. I hear so many people complaining these days about what we don't have, complaining about what's happening in our nation, complaining about the next generation. Well, stop complaining. Start praying. That's what our Lord tells us to do. Pray that God would raise up a generation of young people who would take the book, the Bible, and believe it. And be willing to go be his harvesters, his laborers, not his consumers, not his couch potatoes, his harvesters, his laborers, workers. The great Welsh revivalist Evan Roberts once said, when God wants a thing done, he moves a believer to pray that it may be done. And then God does it in answer to that prayer. We just have to use the tools he's given to us. We begin with prayer. Well, what is the second thing that we see? It begins with prayer. The second thing he says is go. In praying, God may actually say to you, go. He may say, you're the one. Don't hold back. You be the living link. You be the living link to the people around you. In your home, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your business, in your school. Look at what he says in verse 3. Go, I'm sending you. Go, I'm sending you. Friends, I prayed for my dad's salvation for a number of years. And my grandmother prayed for his salvation for over 50 years. So just because we begin to pray doesn't mean the time frame is going to be really quick faithfully for over 50 years. She prayed for my grandfather for over 80 years before he came to faith. He came to faith at the very end of his life. But as I prayed, and I prayed for my dad, God was preparing me and preparing him. He was answering the prayers of my grandmother. He was answering my prayers. But then he said, Chris, I want you. I want you to share me with him. And so as I prayed, he got me ready to go and be the one he was sending to my dad. And by God's grace, he responded in faith so that when he died, the day of his death, he said to me, I know today that I will be in paradise. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So pray. You may be sent to go. And then the third thing, travel light. Travel fast and light. Look at verse four. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, don't greet anyone on the road. 
When you enter a house, say peace to this house. And then he tells them to stay in that house and not to move around. He was telling them, like, don't get distracted by the things around you. They had a mission. They were to be on that mission. They were to accomplish that mission. And though the specifics for them won't be the specifics for us, the principles that are in there are the same. Don't get bogged down in this life. Live a life unencumbered by the things of this world. Don't get distracted. Don't get laden with a bunch of baggage the world tells you is going to make you happy, is going to make you successful, is going to make you, make you, make you. No, no. Travel fast and light. Stay unburdened, unencumbered, so that you might be responsive to God who calls and sends. Fourth, he says, heal the sick and preach the gospel. Verse 9. Heal the sick who are, who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. This is a hard one. Heal the sick. It's a command. It's not an option. It's not a, hey, if you want to. He just says, do it. And I think a lot of us get stuck at that point. How would God use me? Or what do I do? And we begin to practice the presence of ourselves. Don't do that. I encourage you to pray for people's healing. Why? Because he tells us to. My experience is that when I do what he tells me to do, he fulfills the prayer, just as Evan Roberts said, and just as many other people have discovered down through the ages. Please know this. We have seen many, many, many physical, emotional, spiritual healings at the Church of the Holy Cross because regular old people, just like you, were willing to do what the Lord said and pray for the healing of others. Does everybody get healed? No, I don't understand. I, I don't know. But I do know this, and I say this regularly. When I pray, many times I get healed. When I don't pray, well, I never know if they get healed. So I might as well pray. And you might as well do that too. Pray, he says. Heal the sick. Preach the gospel. Tell them the kingdom of God has come near. That's actually the message Jesus proclaimed. The kingdom of God has come near. The rule and reign of God is breaking into a world that is dark and without God. And that inbreaking is coming not through religion, not coming through many people, through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ uniquely. The one whom we heard last week, the Lord say, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. He is the one. And so he invites us also to share the gospel. But you've got to know the gospel. It's pretty basic, but you've got to get in his book. You've got to begin to learn. You may have to use your mind and learn. And take a chance. Here's a real simple way to do it. Memorize John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's a go-to verse. In that is the gospel. You might, you might actually learn Romans 10 that you heard just a few moments ago. And, and to lead a person to Christ is not that complex. I'm going to give you a very simple way to do it. The prayer is like this. It's just three steps. I'm sorry. Thank you. Please. I'm sorry for sinning against you. And, and you know what? If you've never responded to the gospel, well, you can do it right now as I'm teaching you how to lead others. I'm sorry, Lord, for my sin. 
I'm sorry, Lord, that my sin put you on the cross. I'm sorry for my rebelliousness. I'm sorry that I've done life my own way. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And there's a beautiful picture of it right behind me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please now, Lord, give me a new life. Wash me clean. Make me new. I repent. I turn to you. Sorry. Thank you, please. Those are words your mama taught you. You can use those words to help others respond to the gospel. Heal the sick. Preach the gospel, he says. And then... You know, thankfully, Jesus is not pulling a bait and switch on any of us. He says, expect some rejection. It's going to happen. Jesus says this, verse 16, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. You might as well understand this. Not everyone is willing to yield and submit their lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They didn't for these initial disciples going out, and they still don't do it now. Despite what some would say, and even some in the church have proclaimed, the Bible never says that everybody's going to heaven. Many people will reject Jesus, and in rejecting Jesus, they reject the Father who sent him. It is the heartbreak of of God, it is the heartbreak of those who love God, it is the heartbreak of a broken world. Some will reject him. And the sadness of that, of course, is that that our eternity has been purchased by him and him alone. And so to reject the gift and the offer that he makes is to reject, is to reject heaven itself. I remember sharing with a friend of mine when I was a much younger man, less gray, more hair. And, um, and I was so excited about faith. I was so surprised. And this was a friend of mine who had actually taken me to some church youth activities, some evangelistic events. I didn't respond so much then, although the, the gospel was getting in. And eventually I came to faith. And I, I shared this faith with him. And I remember sitting with him. We were looking at the Bible. I was like, I got to tell you about this. I got to tell you about Jesus. It's the most amazing thing and this is what he said to me when I said, do, do you want to receive him? He'll take you. All you've got to do is give him your heart, confess your sin, repent and believe. And my friend said this. He said, you know what? I, I don't want to do that now. But I'll do it when I get there. And, and I just, my heart broke. Because the book never says we get to do it when we get there. He says, you, you have been given the message now. If you reject the message now, why in the world would you think you would receive the message when you get there? It doesn't work that way. We respond now. We respond now. Today is the day of salvation. If today you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, but respond to this free offer of grace. Such good news. And yet we need to understand some will reject us because they reject him, because ultimately they reject God Almighty. Well, the stakes are pretty high. There's a weightiness to that. There's a reality we need to understand. And if you're watching today and you wandered your way into this, well, I need to tell you that this may be your day. This may be the day that the Spirit of God is taking the words of this person who's speaking the truth of God, and it may be the day when your heart is ready to say yes so why not do that now? Why not simply do that now? Stop running, stop fighting, stop hiding, and simply receive 
will receive what you were created to have, a relationship with God in Jesus Christ. And I just want to share that with you. That's all you need to do. I'm sorry for my sin, oh God. I have rebelled against you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, enter my life, please. And give me a new life so that I might live differently, so that I might be different, so that I might be yours forever. And in this life, I too might become a living link so that your message can come through me to others. Let's now pray. Jesus, those words are the prayer, but for us who have heard them and have responded at some point in our lives, well, for many of us today, we need to say we repent of getting encumbered by the things of this world, of traveling not light and fast, but heavy and burdened. Having given in to counterfeits and mirages, we turn away from that. And we want our lives to be available for you. Lord, Lord, it's like the, 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 whole, the whole world is being shown for what it really is right now. A place of discord and division and sickness and brokenness and political mess. That's the world. But you have overcome the world. So forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, and enter in. And would you make it a joy of our heart now? The joy of our heart to simply do what you've asked us to do. Not because we're compelled or we have to, but because you actually have said that in doing it, there is much joy. They rejoiced when they came back. They rejoiced because the demons submitted. They rejoiced because the message was received. And you said, well, don't rejoice so much at that, but rejoice that your name is written in God's book. May that be so today, Lord. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.